We're still in the same chapter, and uh, it's a very interesting time. Uh, that evening, on the first day of the week, which is right after the resurrection, on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting, and the key is behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. The emotion, I mean, we've talked about this before, coming in on Triumphal Sunday, that's misnamed Palm Sunday, coming in uh, at that time, and, and everybody is cheering, and it's going crazy, and, and all of a sudden, and the disciples are nobodies like us, and they're thinking, wow, this is silly. And some of them, wow, major players are coming up to me and asking me, can I get them out an audience with Jesus? Wow. And then to go in just days, boom, done. Take him, torture him, try him, kill him. And we go to the tomb and, okay, it's, it's not what I expected. Not what I expected. And the problem is, if we're not careful, we can all of a sudden start worshiping religion and not pursue relationship. I mean, it's sort of like a marriage. If you're not careful, you're just going through the motions and not having a relationship and developing a relationship and developing a relationship. When your faith is in a religion about God, you live by a cause and effect routine. Do this and you should be able to get this. Give enough, do enough, be humble enough, live good enough. Years and years and years and years ago, a man asked to go out to lunch with me and uh, we're sitting... Uh, uh, I was in Hollywood. We're sitting there, and he pushes a check across the table at me and says, uh, is this enough to get me in? And I'm looking at him. I have no idea what he's talking about. And uh, I said, get you in words. Get me into heaven. And I, I, do something, I did something I almost never would consider doing. I pushed the check back. It stuck to my fingers for a little while. Get you into heaven? You think you could buy your way into heaven and drive? And I, I said, you got to keep your money, man. I can't take your money if that's what you think you're doing. <laughs> and I remember, you got to be my age to remember the last of the three Godfather movies, where I think it's Michael says <coughs> to the bishop, yes, was it the Pope? It was either the Pope or a bishop. Yeah, in New York City. And he said, uh, how much would it take for this generation and the next generation of my family to go to heaven? I don't remember the numbers. Like, um, I think it was a million or two. Yeah. And back then. The guy had a number. Yeah, back then. That's right. The guy had a number. The religious leader had a number. And it was like, wow. It, there's nothing enough you can do. But here's the cool thing. It's all been done. So I'm very, 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 very careful that I'm not just going to church to check it off. Going to church to check it off. We were up in uh, staying in Fred Hunter's place years and years ago. Uh, Romy was about 14, and we went to a church downtown uh, in Bennett, and uh, the guy never used the Jesus word once. Um, I don't even know what we were doing. It was just, I saw the church, and we were looking for a church, and we went in, and it was horrible. Uh, but, uh, I was taking notes. I got something out of it. We, we, uh, Roby was hilarious. Roby was livid. He says, Daddy, you okay if I go back and talk to that pastor? <laughs> 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 as long as I can come watch. And Roby says, let's just go. <laughs> and he said, how could you take notes? What could you, what, what could you? And I said, you know what? I don't know. I got something. And Rosemary said, it's because you've been fasting. 
your God, your Father, you live by confidence and not love. We've heard this story before when my dad and I had an altercation. My dad lived here six months of the year and I had a place over in the Intercoastal. And my first book had come out and I took it to my dad. And he had a massive library. And when I took it to my dad, he said, who did this cover? It's never been so a cover like that. And I just want to punch him out. I just, I, I was always like this little kitten bringing dead mice to my dad just to hear attaboy from this extremely successful businessman. And so I uh, get in the car and I drive to the end of I-95 and I'm emotional. And I get to the Chevron station at the end of I-95 and I'm putting gas in the car and I don't know if I heard an audible voice. Uh, there's two times in my life I'm not sure. I'm gonna ask him, Heaven, did you actually say that out loud to get my attention? I know you could, I'm not sure. But what I heard in my heart, at least, was stop going to your dad for approval. Mm -hmm. He's your dad. I'm your father. Mm -hmm. In other words, come to me. Come to me. Yeah, this picture here, leaning on his daddy's leg, that's, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. It's all about that. Yeah. The Pharisees had already said a week ago, then the Pharisees at the end of, the, of Palm Sunday said, we've lost, look, the whole world has gone after him. They're in shock. And then instantly, yeah, these guys are behind closed doors and were afraid, verse 19, they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. I have a new hero. And my new hero is these kids' mom. This is their first night in a bed. This is the lady. <clears throat> we get up every morning, clean them up with wet wipes, drop them off to school, go to work, get off, come back and get them, feed them in the back seat, and then sleep in a parking lot in the back seat until we go in. And we put her um, in that's a hotel. We put them in a hotel, and that's her text to me. Um, Showing, showing them smiling big in a hotel, just unbelievable. And can I say, I continually run into moms that literally will do anything to get their babies into an apartment or a house with any <coughs> This one knew Jesus had a better plan. And I can't imagine her fear staying in her car for her babies. I can't even imagine her sleeping. And move her in here last night and her see groceries in the refrigerator and pantry. And this little guy's going around opening everything. It's hilarious. Oh, wow. And then watch God do something that would be nothing to us, but big, bigger than big for her. During the Christmas holidays, we moved her out of the hotel to save money and moved her into this house and made a boys home. Because we send the boys home for a week and the house parents get a week off, and it's a 7,000 square foot boys' home. It's huge, and we moved her in, and the little boy went in, and he's very verbal, and he said, Mommy, this is a mansion. And it is a mansion, 7,000 <coughs> square feet. And uh, so she's in there, and Rosemary and I are out to lunch, and a friend of Joe's, uh, Michael, comes up to the table, and says, oh, I'm so glad I got some stuff, I was gonna take the Sheridan house. Can I just give it to you to, give to, to take the Sheridan house? And, I wanted to say, no, I'm having dinner with my wife, leave me alone. Uh, and he comes up with these five boxes, and they're all gingerbread houses, and, uh, and, and, and I'm carrying these boxes out. I'm glad Rosemary's with me. 
That's how good attitude. I mean, I know how to smile at you, acting like a Christian. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm sitting there thinking, leave him alone, have a date with my wife. Uh, so I take him out to the car, bring him in the back door the next morning. She's here with them getting some Christmas presents uh, from our toy store. I come down the hall and say, I have a gingerbread house for you. Do you want a gingerbread house? He tears up. She looks at him and says, what's up? He just asked me, Mommy, are we ever going to be able to have a gingerbread house? Make a gingerbread house. So they make it on the big dining room table uh, back in, in the boys' home and send us this picture. Look at his little face. Now, to us, it's just a gingerbread house. To her, it's hope. If God can do a gingerbread house moments after my little boy asked, what else can God do? It's just amazing. Yeah. Oof. Unexpected, this is too underhouse. Unexpected and unwanted <coughs> are the triggers that reveal the level of confidence you have in the power or love of God. <coughs> things that happen around us, we didn't expect it, didn't see that coming, didn't want that coming. I just, what am I going to do? Yeah, it, it, the, the, do I trust you or not? Probably the most dangerous thing in life is success. Probably, the, and I, boy, I sure know that for people in the ministry. How many people we've seen in the ministry have amazing success and then they're doing seminars on how to do it? <coughs> really? Church growth seminars? You're kidding me, right? The most, most bizarre interim I ever had was my first interim, and it was at Potential Church. Um, and the, uh, Bob Hammer walked out uh, and said, walk me to the car on Wednesday night after I had done uh, a parenting seminar for, for what used to be both Flamingo Road Baptist Church. Yeah, right. Some of you were there. And I made sure I was going to come to this party, so that's where um, and so he says, I'm leaving, I'm going back to Tennessee, I'm telling him Sunday that you covered the pulpit. And I said, I don't think so. I've never covered the pulpit. What does that mean? He said, do the sermon. I said, I don't think so. Would you just pray about it and consider it? Let's do it for one month till we find somebody. And my first Sunday, I walked in and threw up in the parking lot on the way in. I've had no fear at that level. And uh, all of a sudden, they just finished building Rock Creek across the street whatever the other thing is, uh, behind, behind publics. And so in, in whatever months, it goes from, in under a year, it goes from 240 to 1,200 people. And pastors were coming out. And we got to three services. It, this was awesome. And that's when you came to Harvard. And I got to three services. And Hawkins, O.S. Hawkins, the pastor of First Baptist that made that a huge church, they all come back and they're standing for the third service and they're standing on the back wall uh, and they want to go to lunch across the street in, in that Italian place that used to be there. And so they're looking, they're looking at each other, and they said, it's a miracle. And Ola says, the altar call you gave was probably the worst altar call I've ever heard. Uh, and, and seven people came. And another one said something. And I said, you know, something magical is happening here, but I want you to know it's not you. I just heard your sermon. And we're all dying. <laughs> and it wasn't until a long time later, they were rooting around in a in storage thing, and they found cassettes from them. And Vanetta um, found me a cassette player. I didn't know they existed anymore. And I listened to two of them. They're horrible. And I said, we're throwing all these in the dumpster. This is horrible. And it was, God chose to do what God chose to do. You, you didn't get your success. He gave it to you. Mm -hmm. He gave it to you. Period. End of story. 
it, it's, it's unwanted or unexpected events or the triggers that reveal the level of confidence you have in the, in the power of God. This little mom here, her life is turning a huge corner and, and can't stop beaming. And I know really, really great things are going to happen with her. In this first house, I mean, wow, one finished her master's degree, and, and we want her working here uh, because she speaks English, Spanish, and Portuguese, and she's a, a therapist. She got a master's in counseling from Trinity. The other one is getting uh, a business degree, works for Bass. What are they called? Underwriters. Underwriters. And, they, and she's telling them constantly, I, I live out of Sharon House, I live out of Sharon House, and they asked her, dream, what's your dream? I'm halfway through a college degree, what's stopping you? Uh, the leadership there says, well, just time, we've got the children, and so why don't you go back to school during school hours and come to work you know, the second half of the day. We won't change your salary. You're getting a business degree, right? Yes. You need to work here when you're done. And we're just watching these impossible things where a business decides to invest in a girl like that. Wow. Yeah. This is three on your We love to plan and control. We love Jesus, but we don't want him to let our dreams for ourselves get disrupted. Because I know the plans I have for me, saith the Bob. I mean, Lord, I, I appreciate your help. But if you would listen to me a little more, I really know. And can I say, the hardest thing on planet Earth was to not let the two, the lady whose sister is with, with Davy and the dolphins, not say, go, go. And to hold them back. And I know when we get to see the film in heaven, Jesus knows how hard that was for me. And I know that's when Jesus said to the angels, make that. He's finally trusting us. Hello. Make it happen. He's got you. You know, it was, it was the time when we were building our first boys home over on the other campus. And somebody told me about a big company in Dade County that made trusses. And we just needed trusses donated. And I went down there, and the guy agreed. And if you agree to have a meeting with me, I know I'm coming. I'm going to ask you. I already sent the plans to donate the trusses. And so if you say yes to the meeting, I'm Pretty confident you're going to say yes to the trusses. Get down there and he says, no, we can't do it. And really? And I come driving back uh, from Dade County, and I'm talking to God. Hello? And I get a call from a man I hadn't met yet named Gene Wood. And Gene Wood owned Causeway Lumber. And he said, I understand you're looking for trusses. And uh, I said, uh, um, yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> and he said, well, a friend of mine, I'm assuming it's the guy in Dave, I never found out, called, um, can I have the plans? And I said, can I drive them over right now? He said, yeah. And he said, and it's a house, right? And I said, yeah. He said, well, we're going to do it. How would you do that? It's Hurricane Andrew. And I call Randy Nobles on the, on the board of directors of Sheridan House and ask Randy Nobles, who's vice president of writer. And I, I said, uh, can I get a big truck? He said, why? I said, well, I'll be honest with you, Randy. I, I just finished being the interim of Wayside Baptist Church that uh, is now called the, the Church with a Hole in the Wall. Uh, they lost most everything. And I got a call from a guy in Manhattan who used to go there, was on Wall Street in Manhattan, and he said, I can't get a hold of the new pastor. And I said, I don't think you can get a hold of anybody down there now. 
I said, well, I want to send him a check. And I said, well, I'm going down. Let me see. And I go down to, to our old pastor, um, and I uh, said, there's a guy who wants to know how to get a check. And he says, don't give us a check. We can't spend it down here. I can give it to you. So I go back up, and I said, dude, you got to trust me. Send the check to Sharon House. We'll buy materials. His first check is for $27,000, which is one of the biggest checks I've seen. Uh, and again, I called Causeway, and I said, I'm going to get a truck. And Randy says, I can't give you a truck. Uh, Red Cross and somebody else took all their trucks, commandeered all their trucks, and see what I can do. And then he calls back, there's a truck from Birmingham coming for you. Uh, it's a big truck. I don't know if you can drive it personally, but it's a big truck. And it's too big for me. I couldn't figure it out. Um, but Steve Menarchuk drove it. And it's full of generators and water, top to bottom. Call Causeway. Can I start buying plywood and, pay, and, and blue, whatever you put over the roofs? And he said, no, you can't buy it. You can have. I said, uh, Mr. Wooden, I'm coming every day. He said, That's okay. I said, well, Help me here. I got $27,000 I have to spend on this. He said, Take it with you down there in cash and give it to the pastor. Get out. So we all got Wayside Baptist Church shirts and took the first drive in the truck, and the National Guard wouldn't let me through. They blocked off everything. I, I'm sitting next to Steve. We're trying to figure out how to turn the truck around. I hear Barnes! And I go out and get out of the truck, and it's Keith Crone, who used to work at Sheridan House, that went full time in the military. And uh, he happened to be there. And I don't know how he saw a lighter truck and knew it was us. Uh, how do you do this? And so we're there in the parking lot, handing out stuff with Wayside Baptist shirts on. A massive revival takes place down there. Massive. Because they thought we were all Wayside Baptist Church people. And that it came from Wayside Baptist Church. Yeah, how do you how do you how do you do that? I mean, I had a plan and it totally destroyed my plan. It was a good plan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My plan was for you to get out of the way. That evening on the first day of the week, 19 says. The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. You know, there are certain uh, DVDs, if it's that or Blu-rays you want to take out in heaven. This one I want to take out when I get there. Because the rest of that verse says, Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Locked doors, suddenly Jesus is standing there. Not sure what the peace be with you means. Um, that's, wow, I may ask that in heaven. Um, rather than it's okay. It's all okay. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. They were filled with joy. Verse 21, he spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. In other words, it's time to get out of here, guys. I got stuff for you to do. You're hiding. And you're all terrified. Peace, peace, peace. Then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Don't you want to see that in heaven? It's just like, I don't, I don't want to do this in front of Jesus, but Peter, do you have any idea what's going on here? This is, this is amazing. And the third part of the Trinity, and it's a major shift here because remember, the drapes, and I've discovered that between 70 and 80 foot high drapes around the Holy of Holies have ripped open top to bottom. There is no more temple. You're the temple. 
where the temple that walks around up there, where the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing. And he goes on to say, if you, in verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you refuse to forgive them, they're unforgiven. Yeah. One, one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we've seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it. Unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand in the wound in his side. I, I, I get it. I get it. Here's the deal with us, though. I'm convinced you see him every day. This funny little gingerbread house was so big to her, that mommy. So big to her. Really? And, why, and, and honestly, I first met a lady named Vanetta, my husband, when she was a single mom. And she came to the toy store. This was uh, uh, 21 years, 20 years ago. Came to this toy store. And her son, Chris, had just asked her a week before for Christmas. They were in Walmart, and there was like a $29 rubber watch there. And he said, Mom, can I have that watch for Christmas? And she said, no, I just can't do that right now. I can't afford it. She came to the toy store, and there it was. So she got it for free, our toy store. She wrote me a letter telling the story. I said to her, um, I called, and I said, your letter's amazing. Can you come read it at our banquets back in the news at and she said, yeah, I can. I told her the stuff, and she was supposed to meet us at the banquet. And she calls me the morning of and says, my car's won't start to shop. Uh, and I said, Rosemary's coming over to get you. We'll get you to the banquet. Mm-hmm. So I'm here. Rosemary's here. Rosemary's <coughs> here. Bernhard Longer's here, the golfer. And Vicki Longer's here. And he was our speaker. And he's listening to the Veneta when I'm asking, what's wrong with you? She said, I don't know, but my mechanic, he's been great to me, and he's, he's told me it's done. Uh, so I'm going to figure that out. So Bernhard says, I mean, what's the chance? Bernhard says, let's go for a walk. And we're at the signature ground, walking around. And he said, you know this lady, right? And I said, yeah, a little bit. I'm getting to know her better. I said, all right, I want you to go buy our car. Yeah. I'll pay for it. And I said, you want me to give me, give me some parameters? And uh, he, he says, just buy our car. I said, well, I know Mercedes is your sponsor. She <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. I said, all right, $30,000. Um, and uh, I, I remember walking out of that banquet. How did you solve her problem? In five minutes. Oh, I got this. And Bernhard grew up dirt poor in Germany and rode to his first tournaments with his golf clubs on his bicycle. He got some. I've never seen a more generous professional athlete than him. He gets it. He gets it. Yeah. This guy, we have nicknamed Thomas the Doubter for this one doubt. This is the same guy that walked to India afterwards, shared the gospel, and was martyred. The Doubter? I hate to know what my nickname is in heaven. Yeah, the moron, or I don't know what it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've seen a gingerbread house. That was the big thing. 
uh, last year for this staff here to, for me to say, I know there's a miracle at least once a week here. I need for you to keep your eyes open. I need to know a Christmas tree miracle arriving just when the lady asked, a car arriving that afternoon after the lady asked, a mom calling, sending my daughter off to college, you guys have any luggage? Luggage arrives that afternoon, we call her back, because we did, and we said, we do, I can't believe we do. On and on and on, and watching staff, it's a whole new DNA now, watching staff looking to see, because I know, but can I say, he doesn't do it for Sheridan House, he does it for you. Sheridan House isn't going to heaven, it's just a piece of dirt. Every day, I'm convinced every day, and I'm convinced we irritate the angels. Lord, he didn't see that. He didn't thank you. He didn't, in fact, he's starting to take credit for this stuff. Wow. No, I won't believe it unless I see it. Verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were together again. I love it. This time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, as before, Jesus was standing among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. What, if you're Thomas, what do you just realize? Oh boy, Jesus heard everything I said. <clears throat> and not only does he know everything you say, uh, there are sometimes uh, in a whatever situation, it comes to my mind to say it. And I did, I, it was last year I was so mad at somebody, and I thought, I haven't thought of that word in a couple of decades. And it was real close right there. And I know you know it was real close. Uh, and, and it's like that passage in Matthew. You've heard it said, you should not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her. But way, way ahead on that. Because I have such great plans for you. You know my hero, Billy Graham. He came up with the rules. No riding in the car with a woman. No this, no that, no this, no that. And uh, I will never forget incorporating that into our rules here and watching two 30-somethings. Isn't this a little controlling? I said, no. If you don't get anywhere near it, it won't happen. So, you know, I, I had to say to a woman who used to be the manager at uh, the general manager at Pier 66 or whatever it's called now, and when we had a women's conference, and she said, come here, you and I will have lunch, and we'll talk about the contract. And I said, I can't. Have lunch with you all, and I gotta bring somebody. And so we go, and uh, I think Rosemary went with me. And uh, she said, Can I? I, I that was interesting to me, I never had that happen. And I said, If I have lunch with you alone, and somebody walks in here and sees me and knows it's not my wife, appearance of evil. Appearance of evil. Even if there's no appearance of evil. Yeah. So Thomas. You do realize when Jesus says, put your finger here, oh my goodness, he heard me. Yeah, he hears everything. Four on your outline. Jesus will meet you where you are. If your faith is small, but your heart is purely seeking Jesus, he will reach down to your faith. He'll meet you where you are. 
You know, and it, 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 it took so many years here. I've been here 46 years in April. It took me so many years here to trust him for big things. Just, I mean, I know you can do it, but I also know who I am. And he doesn't love me more than you. And he knows the plans he has for you. And it's unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all we would ask or imagine. And I remember asking God, so why does it take so long? Because of oh, you love faith, and you're really impatient, and you're very controlling, and sometimes I feel like you think I'm on the end of your remote. Bonk, bonk. Oh, son, open your eyes. I got so much bigger and better than you could dream. The response here, my Thomas exclaimed, we don't know if Thomas actually touched. That's the fun part about this. I don't think he did. I think he knew that he knew. But when he said, I won't believe it if I can't put my finger in the handhole or my hand in the side, and this is the very next verse, my Lord and my God, Thomas explained, exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. But here it is. Blessed are those who haven't seen me. I believe it's right. Haven't seen me but recognize the things going on around them as the hand of God. As the hand of God. As the hand. Seeing, I think we get to see. You believe, because you've seen me, but last of those, and not only that, you bless me when you believe. When you believe. When you choose to believe. And when you believe enough to risk. Risk enough to speak up. And to risk. No, when you believe it, that risk, risk speaking up, risk giving more than, oh, going for it. Risk saying she can stay with us. And you hadn't even met her. Yeah, You're all, your wife is awesome. I'm not sure about you, but your wife is awesome. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, well, so yeah. this whole room, actually. <laughs> uh, how many opportunities for assurance in God's love and power do we miss? Do we miss? Because, letter A, we, we, we focus on ourselves rather than trust God. We focus on ourselves. Me. Me rather than If I've got you covered, focus on everything around you. Let it go. Why? We trust in, specific, in a specific outcome for our circumstances rather than trust God. Rather than trust God. Yeah, let her see. Allow others to influence and erode my faith in God rather than trust God. And one of the saddest things for me, um, and we've experienced it in this town, is when a pastor has crashed and burned. How many people stop going to church? And, and honestly, these guys are men, and the ones I've seen crash and burn are the ones who have been extremely successful and started believing their own press. And, and one of them actually said to me, when did I become my own little king? Mm -hmm. Pray for your pastor. The most attacked marriage in any community is the pastor and his wife. When the, when the head of FPNL has an affair, doesn't make the newspaper. When the head of a church makes, has an affair. I mean, we had one that crashed and burned. It was on Good Morning America. Really? Pray for him. Pray for him and pray for him and pray for him and pray for him. It is a fact. Yeah. But Romans 8.31. 
What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God's for us, who can ever be against us? We can do this. We can do this. Yeah. Life is going to contain disappointment and confusing times. The confusion or fear comes from trusting in my own perceptions or abilities. Perceptions or abilities. No, trust God. Trust God. We're called to trust God. You don't know what's going on. The most ridiculous decision on planet Earth, strategically, was Moses leading the children of Israel. When they led them out of Egypt, he led them into a pocket that had water on both sides, and they were trapped in a vortex. Completely. But he was following God. He knew this is where God... And if I'm Joshua, I'm saying to Moses, do you realize where we're going? We're going to be trapped and slaughtered. And then the Egyptians come, the greatest army in the world at that time. And Moses trusts God and lifts the stick up in the air and the waters part. And Can I say, that really happened. That's not just a nice little Bible story for little babies in Sunday school. That, that's who your father is. That's who put on skin to come down and die on the cross for you. He couldn't imagine heaven without you. I mean, I could imagine heaven without a few of you, but he couldn't imagine heaven without you. <laughs> you know, trusting in my own perceptions or abilities. And then for me, the next most important thing is determination. It takes determination. Faith is not a feeling, it's a focus. Faith isn't a feeling, it's a focus. So, Rosemary in, in uh, her Bible study told the story of me in college. Um, I, I was on the wrestling team in college and I was wrestling in the 40s, 140s. Um, but about two months after, after wrestling season every year, I'm back up over 180 and the wrestling coach couldn't take it any longer. So he made me join the track team. And can I say my legs are too short for any track team? But they made me join the track team, and they were trying to find an event I could do. And they couldn't find an event, so they made me uh, intermediate hurdle, uh, the 440. Basically, quarter mile intermediate hurdle. And uh, we go to the SEC uh, uh, finals, and, and there's a bazillion <coughs> hurdle events going on. And it turns out, and everybody finds out, come back and tells me, and said, in your heat, is Richmond Flowers. And you got to be my age to remember Richmond Flowers. Uh, he was the American Olympic hurdler, one, played for San Diego. <coughs> yeah, San Diego Chargers. Um, and so they're getting me all jacked. I had never won <coughs> an event, ever. And they're getting me all jacked. My friends are going nuts getting me jacked. And I, there's a moment where I'm thinking, you know, cover Sports Illustrated, no name be Christian Flower. <laughs> so we come out of the out of the blocks and after the third hurdle, it's just me and him. Because I'm so jacked. As we're getting ready to go around the corner in the next hurdle, I'm looking over at him. And I in hurdles, keep a focus in your I'm looking over at him. He looks over at me and winks. <laughs> I'm so disoriented I go down over the next <laughs> never saw him again I don't know where my friends are on the, on the court out of control holding each other up laughing because they saw it all take place but the bottom line is I wasn't staying in the lane set out for me there's a lane set out for you we're all different he's got different 
And when he's done with you here, he takes you home. But if you're not home, when my baby's finished college, I got him off the campus, graduation time. He's got something for you to do. Right here. And Joshua, I love where God says to Joshua in Joshua 1.1, after the death of, death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. If I'm Moses, you know, Lord, can I say, you could, we, we couldn't be more different. Moses, educated at the University of Alexandria, grew up in Pharaoh's palace, aristocracy, intellect. He writes five, the first five books of the Bible on this trip they're on. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I grew up a slave. I know I'm a warrior. I know I'm abrupt. I grew up a slave. He's, he's an intellectual. No, no. This is your term. I promise you what I promised Moses. Whatever, wherever you step your foot, you will be on land I've given you. And then he gives up the dynamics of it. No one will be able to stand against you. And then he says in verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land. I swore to their ancestors. And then in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate. Study this book of instruction continually. And then he finishes with, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. The distractions are huge out there. The discouragements are huge out there. The how much longer huge out there. Strong and courageous means give it up for Christ. Give it up for Christ. Period. And watch what he does. It's amazing. So Rosemary's brother was um, president of the student body at Wheaton College and they invited Billy Graham to speak. So he, he got to be in the back um, of Billy Graham speaking at chapel at Wheaton College. And uh, it's so interesting. He's back there with Peyton and he says, he's Billy Graham says to Peyton, are there a lot of people out there? And Peyton says, um, yes, it's full and they're sitting on the floor. And he watches Billy Graham go, this is why well, I just don't know that students can identify with me anymore. Mm -hmm. Sitting on the floor of the audience, 